Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. We're doing something a little different this week. Obviously, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I was super busy on Instagram all last week trying to provide content to encourage and empower us because many in my community are single. And Valentine's Day, let's be honest, it can often be pretty much of a drag when you are single. You're like, listen, I don't need everyone to remind me that I do not have my person at the moment. And Valentine's Day just seems like this really unnecessary moment for people who should be celebrating their love every single day to have an extra day to celebrate their love while the rest of us feel alienated, isolated, and maybe lonely when they really wouldn't have felt lonely on this particular day, except that everyone else has to talk about how madly in love they are. If I sound like someone who's had some rough Valentine's days in the past, yes, I have. So like I said, last week I was real busy with tons of connections and collabs and trying to provide something that would at least be supportive in a time that can just be just annoying. And I did a live with Laura Banky. You remember Laura from episode 71 of Love and Life. Hashtag own your timeline to embrace your life actually. That's Laura's brand called Life Actually. She is also a woman whose life did not play out as she would have scripted it. She didn't have a real relationship until she was 35 and met the man who ended up becoming her husband at 38. So no, she was far behind the timeline that she was interested in having, which is why now her brand is Life Actually, how to embrace the life you're actually living. And one of her hashtags is hashtag own your timeline. Own it. It's your journey. It's your road. It's your life. And we choose what meaning we ascribe to our lives, even when they don't play out as planned. Laura was one of the people I collabed with last week, and our conversation in our Instagram live, it was, I just loved it. I love what she's about, and I thought, you know, some of you guys caught the live, but many of you didn't. So I thought it'd be worth it to bring this conversation that we did on Instagram and bring it to you, the podcast listener, to make sure you're able to hear this word of encouragement and empowerment. Yeah, we start about Valentine's Day, of course. But the conversation moved in a lot of different directions, and we took those who were watching, we took questions from them in real time, and they're all concerns that members of my community continue to grapple with as we all grapple with the realities that life throws our way in our life, actually. Our live went way longer than we expected. It was about an hour and a half long, so I'm going to break it up into two episodes. We'll roll out part two later this week. Part one of my Instagram live with Laura Banky, right after this. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy Valentine's Day week. Thank you. And you too. Are you busy with all kinds of goodness for your ladies and your followers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Valentine's Day is just a weird day. 
any time, but especially right now, and when everybody's like isolated and how about you? How's your week going? I wrote to my newsletter list last week, kind of in preparation for the coming week. Uh, and I was saying when I was single, I remember having this feeling a lot of times like, can't people who are in love just make every day Valentine's Day and leave the rest of us out of it? Because it's all ourselves. I, I feel like people who are happy and coupled up are happy and coupled up always. And then Valentine's Day, I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta get a card. And it's nice, it's a nice moment to remember and reflect and be thankful for each other. But I feel like the overwhelming emotion that is felt on Valentine's Day is usually from people who are like, dang, you have to remind me that I don't have someone and I would really like to have someone. So I think yeah. it's a really strange holiday, actually, that doesn't no. really serve the people it says it's gonna serve and, yeah. and ends up making other people who are like, I, why? why? Why do we have to have this conversation right now? No, that's so true. That's such a good point. It reminds me of the, the Sex in the City episode. I was just talking about this when Carrie ends up registering at Manolo Blahnik yes. for shoes because it got stolen at her friend's house who has kids. And, and she makes this point. She's like, not that she doesn't want to buy her friend's gifts when they have joyous occasions like getting married and having kids. But it's like, shouldn't you finding the love of your life be your gift enough? Now you need me to be like, okay, now I have to go buy this for you. And it's reminding me that I don't get anything because I don't have that. All of these like societal norms and things that we've been doing for so, so, so many years don't always make the most sense. Yeah. And it's one of those things, you know, I wanted to call this Valentine's actually, because that's your brand. Uh -huh. Talk about how we can actually move through the day. I know that the years that I kind of leaned into the I'm single and I'm not happy about it energy. Those were the years that I wasn't as happy as I probably could have been. Yeah. There were years that I said, you know what? I'm going to just buy a bunch of cards and send them to my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And of course I started with my single girls because we were you know, in it together. So I would send just a Valentine's to my besties and then I'd send them to my married friends too because I thought, you know, let's just take back this day yeah. Let me make it about love in general. It doesn't have to be just for couples. And I can also experience the love and share the love just through remembering that any kind of connection and relationship and friendship and love therein is a blessing and a gift. And let me celebrate it. So, so true. I mean, you and I have talked about this before in our previous lives, this idea of when you are single and how lonely you can feel and how yeah. lonesome that time can be and how difficult it is. And I always was like, it's because I don't have a boyfriend that I am this lonely right. and this, when there are so many other ways to have human connection with our girlfriends, our family members, all of these things. So, you know, you and I have talked before about encouraging people to, when you're feeling lonely and you're feeling those things, to have connections with anybody that... It doesn't just have to be that romantic partner. So yeah, when you say taking back the day, sending Valentines to your girlfriends, like like yeah. when we were in elementary school and that's what we did every day for every Valentine's Day for everyone in our class. Those relationships are love. That's what matters. I mean, the reason yeah. Valentine's Day has become what it, what it has is because it makes companies money. Right. You can play off of people's romantic partnerships yeah. and you basically make them feel like, if you don't buy your significant other this, this, and this, then clearly you don't love them. So that's right. why this this holiday exists. It's just to make money. But, you know, they know they're not going to make a ton of money on me sending my girlfriend some cards, so they don't play that up. It's right. the romantic <laughs> relationships that they can, they can work and manipulate our feelings into right. what we should be doing. 
Right. And there's so many shoulds surrounding it. And it just reminds me of just these shoulds in general, which you speak to on your platform. Like my life should be this way. And of course your platform's all about my life actually is. And what can I embrace about it? And I think it's really kind of silly. Like there's pressure then like people would be dating someone new and they're like, Oh, we've only been on a couple dates. Do I do something for Valentine's? Do I not? Right. Yes. You know, I don't want to come on too strong, but I am kind of into him. But that pressure is real. That pressure is so real. Whether you are completely single, whether you're just starting to see someone, whether you are in a very long committed relationship and silliness, it really is. (laughs) And it just doesn't, it just, it doesn't need to be that thing because really it does. It ends up just shining a spotlight on people who are like, listen, I'm trying to deal with my loneliness already. I'm trying to deal with my life not being where I hoped it would be right now at this age or whatever the case may be. And it's just like, do we really need to have this extra reminder? Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it, there is that feeling too, like, every, you know, everybody tries to talk about Galentine's Day now. And how can we make this about about girlfriends and female relationships and, and the love that's there? And I, again, I think that's great. That's what we're talking to people about doing. But... I feel like there's this 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 feeling then when you put a label on it like that to make it all yeah. so cute that like okay well this is just a pity thing for the women who right. don't have someone right. so like if you right. do get together with your girlfriends on Valentine's Day you're supposed to get totally wasted and just yeah. complain <laughs> about your life the whole time when no 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 like we we want to be celebrating each other and what we have today and every day, Valentine's Day included. Um, but it's just a t- it's just a tough day, and I you know, I feel like when I was single, I just needed to get through it. It was one of those things. I just wanted to be the fifteenth. Yeah, <laughs> get get through it. It's gonna happen. Let's just get through it. If you're looking for some in-depth support, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a consultation. Consultations will help you clarify underlying emotional and psychological concerns. We'll target limiting beliefs and thought patterns. We'll learn empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to sustainably elevate your mindset and mood. We'll identify relationship dynamics which are impeding your goals and we'll together generate a concrete plan for moving forward to help you thrive in love and life. Schedule your consultation today at loveandlifemedia.com. I'd love to work with you. I think we had one question come in maybe from what I posted last night. So let's take a look at that one. How do you start building up your value? So this is great because I think one of the things that we're talking to is when you are single, when you uh, longer than you intended to be, or when you would prefer not to be, and that is definitely something that Laura and I can speak to from our own experience. One of the things that can start to happen is your value and your worth starts to take a hit because you might start doing the things that we would encourage you not to do, but you might, because I know I admit it. I would say, how come everything seems to be working out for so-and-so? I don't, what she got that I don't got, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, and so you start looking at yourself and because you are validating or assessing rather your own life based on this external thing that hasn't happened, right? This relationship that you deeply desire and it's not happening. So then you start to go, am I less than somehow? Yeah. Do I, I don't feel quite as worthy to some degree. Now it's a challenge that many of us can face and for a lot of reasons based on all kinds of things that mm-hmm. happen in our childhood or whatever. 
But when we're talking about Valentine's Day and linking this to the question here, what sorts of things have you done, Laura, or did you do, especially during those years, those seasons that was just much longer than you hoped, to where you were like, you know, I'm feeling like maybe this is trying to take down my self-esteem a little bit, yeah. my lack of relationship. What kind of things did you do to kind of yeah. hold for yourself? That is, I mean, that, gosh, that's what it's all about. That is what the the biggest part of my struggle was. I didn't realize it. I kept thinking I was struggling. Oh, because you're single, because I'm single, because I don't have a boyfriend. If I just had a boyfriend, everything would be great. But so much of it was that was value. I was feeling that way because of the ways I was valuing myself and the ways that, that society sends us messages that you are somehow less than if you are not in a couple like they're just those those types of messages are everywhere and we absorb them so i think one of the big things that i needed to do was stop thinking about who i needed like who he should be what his what like all the list of qualities that i wanted in him um that perfect person who was going to make my life so much better and perfect and never would there be a problem again once I found him. Instead of focusing on on that and who he was, I needed to start focusing on what being with him would make me feel. Like, what did I want to feel when I was with him? Um, this person who I'd never met yet, who I, I was hoping to find. Like, instead of who is he, what do I want to feel from that relationship? And, you know, you can start coming up with these things that that, that really matter to you, and you start realizing ways that maybe you can start feeling that way right now without him. Because here's the spoiler that you and I both know, and, and many people know once you finally get that thing you really want, it doesn't solve everything. You know, you are still, you still have to help yourself have those feelings that you want to have. He's not going to fill all of those things for you. So identifying more like, how do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? And what can I start doing now for that? Mm -hmm. um, for me, traveling by myself was a big thing. I had always said, oh, I can't do that because I'm single. I, I, I I can't and all of my girlfriends now aren't single and I have no one to travel with. So I guess I just don't get to travel, uh, you know? And so those were on my lists of things I would do once I found him and figuring out ways to, to do them now. Um, and so, you know, that is, those are the little ways and it's hard. It is really hard. I think, I think building up our own value is a constant process. Even now, you know, I have a husband and I still struggle with it at times with certain things that are going on. It, it is, it's not this thing where you one day are going to reach the peak and you'll be like, I'm there. I, I totally value everything about me. I'm perfect. It's done. What more is there? Like, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't. So it's, it's a constant reassessing what you need, what you want, what makes you happy and what you can do about it right now. A couple things that really struck me. One was the feeling that you want and when we give over that power, and I'm just, I'm hearing a lot of power stuff from my community and power is everywhere. It's power mm -hmm. is part of our own power and our agency that we choose to give away sometimes. Yeah. And so if we give that power, assuming that I need this thing that's outside of me to feel a certain way, well, we give away our power because we assume that we don't have within us what, it, what we need to feel that way or to have that confidence or to feel that worth when we give that away it's a it's a real recipe for being unhappy and unsatisfied mm -hmm. no matter what happens cuz like you said i mean you get married and that's wonderful and i 
pray that all of my community waits for that epic marriage, but that's not going to make you feel something. You're going to have a fight in the marriage. You're going to have a frustration. You're going to have in-law problems. You're going to have things that don't happen on the timeline you want when you're married. I mean, that's, yep. some, that's a real thing as well. Yep. And so these skills that we learn to recognize that happiness is an inside job and that if I want to feel a certain type of way, it's on me anyway. And I, all I can say is, and I've been really encouraging members of my community I'm really trying to help them reframe their single season instead of a frustration as a gift. Because mm -hmm. I firmly believe I'm a better wife today because I had all those years of being single. Because yeah. I don't look at Dan and like, hey, hi, husband, what you gonna do for me? Make me happy today. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we don't have that relationship. It's like, I mean, to the point where like, if I'm crabby, I'm like, you know what? Just give me a half hour because I don't like myself even right now. Like, so just let me, and, and then I go and I take a walk and I sort myself off. Whereas I think sometimes people who get coupled up so early, they have then assumed, oh, I feel happy because I have this relationship. And if I don't feel happy, then he's doing something wrong. Not I need to look within. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so true. It's so true. I, I am, I can say it now how grateful I am for the path that I, I went on. Um, I, you know, I, I really Actually, it wouldn't have mattered. I was about to say, I, I really, though, wish that somebody could have, like, come tapped me on the shoulder at 25 and been like, it's going to be okay. You're yeah. going to get married. It's yeah. going to all happen. It won't happen until you're almost 40, but it's yeah. going to happen because, oh, my God, that would have been, like, the most <laughs> depressing message ever because at 25, I thought this has to happen now. This yeah. is the way it's supposed to go. This has to happen now. I was yeah. just thinking today, I was remembering a conversation that I had with my therapist when I was single and I was just in a really bad place. And I, I remember her saying, and I was just like, I'm never going to find my person. I like, what, what if I never find my person? And she's like, well, well, what if you do, but you're 50? Yeah. Or what, what if you do, but you are 45? What, what? And I was like, no, that, I mean, I was here. I was like 32 years old. I'm like, no, that would, that's almost as bad as never finding him. I don't want to do it that old. Like the ideas that I was telling myself about it, at that point, it wasn't even like, I just want to be able to find my person. It was, I have to find my person in this specific way that I think is the normal way. And I was thinking about that recently and just thinking, Man, like we tell ourselves so many stories about how things are supposed to go and it doesn't even come down anymore to like that feeling that you want from him because, oh my God, if I had to wait till I was 50, if I was going to have to wait 15 more years for that, well, then it wasn't worth it. Right. But that's not true. I mean, that, that's not true. It's happening at that time because the timing was right and it worked out with that person. And there are just so many things that we tell ourselves about how... Yeah. It has to go. And if we follow that path and we keep focused on that, it, it can cut us off from so many potential opportunities that would come up that could be even better than what we yeah. think. Right. It's a very fixed and rigid way of thinking. And in therapy, we talk about, and that's probably what your therapist was trying to do with you, but you were <laughs> I was not cooperative. You were a tough customer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we try to be more flexible in our thinking, right? Which, and that's related not just, again, to the realm of love, but to disappointments throughout life. And life is full of disappointments. That's what life is. It's one challenge after the other. You face one mountain, you climb it, guess what? A new mountain. It's, yeah. it's never ending. And so the more flexible we can get with how we view our lives, view the way that we 
frame things, perceive things. We can go, wow, I wouldn't have scripted it this way, but what was good about it? And you spoke to going on travels and trips by yourself. And getting back to that question as well, the other thing that I really wanted to highlight was that you did the things that you at one point thought you would only do with someone else. You did them on your own. And that is the way that we feel better about ourselves. That's how we gain our self-worth, how we increase it, our self-esteem. Every parent in the world wants to give their kid, here, let me just hand you a perfect self-esteem. It doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. in childhood or adulthood. The mm-hmm. only thing that helps us grow in confidence and self-worth is to challenge ourselves to do the scary thing. Yeah. Face it. Don't avoid it. And you faced it. And I'm sure there are moments when you were getting your, your little drink with the umbrella and you're sitting on the beach by yourself. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm sure it felt so awkward. And yet you faced that awkward moment. You left that yeah. trip feeling stronger, feeling more confident. Yeah. Oh. And then you brought that into your relationship with Mark. Right. And you wouldn't have had that to bring to that relationship if you hadn't faced those challenges. It's so it's so true. Um, That second I took two solo trips to Mexico to romantic Mexican resorts by myself. Um, And the first one, I, I was so happy I did it. It was weird. The staff the entire time. It was like I remember when I checked in, they said, are, are you here for a wedding? Are you like, wh- why is this woman here alone? They did not get it. Right. And then they, then word, I was like, no, I don't know anybody here. And they're like, Huh, interesting. Um, that's weird. And so word must have spread. I had more workers come up to me. Like I had several ask me why I was alone. I was like, are you serious? So that, but I got through that and I was proud of myself. And I remember the last day of that trip, I was having lunch and I was about to get onto the shuttle after that and go to the airport and fly home. And it had been, it had been a good few days. It wasn't, my second trip was, was so much better just for so many reasons, but, but it was good. And I was so proud of myself that I had done it. And I'm sitting there having lunch and this woman walks in and she still has her bag. So clearly she had just arrived, uh, but her room wasn't ready yet. She's by herself and they seated her. And I remember hearing the hostess ask, like, is someone else coming or just one? And she was like, just one and she sat down and at that time i did not have i I didn't have the the courage or the uh confidence to like actually say something to her i so wish i did what i wanted to do was like warn her (laughs) guess what they're not gonna like that you're here alone but you can do it and this is awesome and and keep on going but um but the second time i went was so key to really to everything for me because I was in a really bad place. I had just turned 35 and I was miserable because uh, 30 didn't bother me. 35 like put me over the edge and I needed to get out of cold snowy New York. So it was March. I went down to Mexico. Um, I got the question like the fur when I first arrived, you're here by yourself. I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I was much more firm this time. They're like, okay, okay, cool. Um, and I never had to deal with it again the rest of the trip. But I fell in love with being by myself on that trip. It was it was so freeing to know and empowering to know, you know what? 
I am going to do whatever I want. I, I'm going to go when I want to sit by the pool, I'll sit by the pool. When I want to go to the beach, I'll go to the beach. I'm going to, you know, what? I don't feel like sleeping in and just being, I'm going to go work out in the morning, which means I'm going to go to bed pretty early at night and I'm going to have a drink whenever I want to. And I don't, I don't have to ask anybody else what they think. I don't have to worry about being dragged on some stupid excursion I don't want to go on. Um, I, I'm just going to lay at the pool and just do what I need to do. And I remember one morning I had gone to the gym, was working out, was so proud of myself, um, came back to the room, and as I had my headphones in still, and a Taylor Swift song came on, Shake It Off, and I was, like, dancing my way back to my room, um, trying not to be too obvious, because here I am alone with headphones in, dancing, but, you know, get back to my room, and I just broke out into this, like, headphones in, crazy dance. And it was the most freeing feeling that I think I have ever had. And I, I, the song ended and I took out the headphones and I sat down to get ready to put on my bathing suit, go get some breakfast and go do whatever I was going to do that day. And I was like, this is good. This, this is good. And that was the start of, it didn't just, it's not like, okay, perfect. Everything was great after that, but that was a start. I came home and I started to think about how I could view my life in general, the way I viewed that trip and started to take mm -hmm. the idea that I get to pick, I get to choose, I get to form this future. I, I get to do that all on my own. I don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks. I get to do it. And, mm -hmm. you know, that trip is what really, really helped me start to do it. So I, I cannot say enough for traveling alone, but I also know it's really scary for a lot of people. And if, if you are one of them, I get it. I totally get it. One day I want to start doing some retreats for single women who can't travel with anybody. They don't have anybody to travel with, but they're not quite sure they're ready to do it alone and, and have something for everybody. So hopefully in the next few years, we'll be able to figure out a way to make that happen. Because I truly believe when you start to realize that things you can do by yourself, mm -hmm. just how much power is in that. Mm -hmm. There's, it's so powerful because the opposite of that is to feel like I can only feel this in partnership or I can only do this in partnership. And then again, we're turning over our power to someone and then we are prone to do what so many women do. And I'm seeing it with a lot of women I'm talking to in my community. They're in a relationship. They see all these red flags, but they're not willing to let go of it because the fear is that it's better to have someone than to have no one. Yeah. And that is a very troubling place to be. And then yeah. because then we experience that, then we internalize that. Yes. And we really, you know, I did a, a podcast recently about the fear of being single. There's this researcher named Dr. Stephanie Spielman. And I first came across her work, her doctoral dissertation at the University of Toronto in 2013. And she was looking with another team of researchers at the fear of being single. And the study is like something that I, I think we all know in our intuition tells us that the study literally now we have data. Now we have science yeah. to support it. Yeah. The fear of being single causes us to settle in relationships. Yeah. And we're like, no duh. But <laughs> what we know, we still have to get the data to confirm it, right? So yeah. I've been following yeah. her work. Yeah. And so I did an entire podcast because she's got other studies now that look at other realms of this same concern. And it's finding exactly what you guys know are true, what we've all seen. And some of us have been in those relationships. We were unwilling to let go of something bad because we thought it was better. It's, well, it's good enough or it's better than being alone. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I just want to scream from the rooftops. Nothing, nothing, anything that's bad in a relationship 
No, it's not better than being alone. It's not. A bad relationship is bad. It's really, really bad. And too many people are settling for it. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I mean, this is why you and I are like, we just get each other. I was about to say that exact same study. (laughs) Because I know that study too. Yeah, I know that study as well. And yeah, you're right. It's exactly what you would kind of think, logically you would think. But when you actually see it laid out... And they say, you know, you are willing to put up with more that that makes you unhappy. You, um, you, you are, your fear is dictating your choices, basically, from that point. And one of the things that they do in that study as well is that they say, they say that um, none of these people who were saying this were necessarily an unattractive partner. And I don't remember exactly how they defined unattractive partner or whatever. Like they had been in previous relationships. It's not like they had never had been in a relationship, but I can say from my firsthand experience that even if you have never been in a relationship, you are not an unattractive partner necessarily. Um, But basically what that, the whole point of that is to show that all of these fears that you have are not even based in any type of reality. You have not been told by every member of, of the, the pool of people you are interested in being with that you are not what they want. It's just a psychological message that we've told to ourselves that, okay, well, yep, this, if I don't settle with this person, I'm never going to find the other. Um, my husband and I were just talking about that last night. Like I, I feared, I, I'd never been in a relationship before him, uh, but I had dated and I threw myself into all of that. I've never went on more than like three or four dates with anyone. But by the, by that third or fourth date, I was like, oh, here we are. When are we getting married? Like, this is it. Because I had this panicky feeling in me that said, if this doesn't work, I don't know when the next time you're going to get an opportunity is. So this had better work or else you just might be alone forever. And it made me think, okay, so this person's my husband. I didn't know anything about him. (laughs) I think, I thank God that he broke up with me or he ended the dates or he ghosted me or whatever he did because I was that desperate that I, and I hate the word desperate. I was that driven by my fear. Um, I was that driven by my fear that I had to have this work out for me or else um, it might, I might not get another chance. And that is a terrible place to be, to feel, and to have your decisions come from. It, it's right. I want to hug anybody who feels that way and be like, the fear, it's the fear. <laughs> right. And then if that fear, were, you were turning over your power to the, some person you've been on three dates with, right? Yep. And giving yep. them all the power of you. But I do think, and I know, I hate that word desperate too. Yeah. But honestly, and I don't know why your path was the way it was. But now, be that as it may, I send a lot of people your way because when I get people, like I, I had a consultation with a woman, can't remember, she was like, I don't know, like maybe 28, 29, she'd never been in a, a legitimate mm-hmm. dating relationship. Like you, she'd had some dates here and there, and maybe, um, yeah. you know, she had some, it's complicated situations, yep. but she yep. never had a legitimate boyfriend. And I sent her your way because I was like, I need her to see that there's this beautiful, brilliant, like charismatic, like catch of all catches out there who did not have a legit boyfriend until she met her husband in her mid thirties. Like I, I, for whatever reason, and not that yep. it would have been scripted out that you would have to go through all that pain. But since you did what you're doing by saying, look, look at me. like, I don't like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, so all those things that people are told, well, you're too this, you're too that. It's like you and I were, we weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. It was just exactly. what was. Let's connect on social. I'm most active on Instagram where I post original quotes, 
infographics, and I tackle trending topics in my Love Smarter, Not Harder IGTVs. On Insta, you can find me at Dr. Karen, D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. I'm also on Facebook at Dr. Karen Anderson Abril and on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson. We got a question we should look at. How do I give people more of a chance without ruling them out too quickly? I think that going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this live, um, kind of leads into that as well. This idea of of not so much making a list of, of who you want and what they should have and all of their qualities and following that list and, and thinking, oh, well, this person doesn't have that. So this this can't, this probably isn't going to work out. I, uh, or, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to feel it with this person because they don't have what I think they should have. Uh, and instead, make a list of how you want to feel with this person and make a list of, of what what you want to be like in a relationship and then start judging a potential partner on do you feel this way when you are with them do they do they do you feel like you can be the person that you want to be um and that takes a little bit more pressure off of that well he has to fit all of these qualities which you know there's a fine line between making sure you aren't excluding people because they you know they're not six foot three and two quarters and which would be a half um but you know something like super (laughs) super oddly specific that doesn't necessarily mean anything but then you don't want to be told oh stop being too picky because you don't want to give up on the things that actually truly matter to you um but i'll give an example from you know when i was dating and uh, on match where i met my husband when i was going through all of that i set this whole i will not be with someone who is married and I will not be with someone who has kids. That is like, nope, that's it. That's, that's not the way I envisioned my life to be. I want to get married and have kids with someone who's never done it before so that we can do it together for the first time. That was the story that I told myself. Well, my husband's been married and I was like, oh, can I do this? Like, I, I don't know. And I remember on our third date when it, that was when everything kind of clicked for me that like, yeah, Yep, I this is this is a person that I want to get to know better and I really want to be uh I want to be around him. But we talked on that date and I told him, I said, you know, I almost didn't contact you because you were married and I I didn't want somebody who'd been married before. And you know, I said, and I didn't because I want us to go through a wedding for the first time together. I want us to do all of these things. I want us to get engaged and to have it be the first time for both of us. And, and I was like, and I realized that that's not necessarily the most important thing. And he said, well, I didn't go through any of those things. He his his first marriage was a very unique experience for him. And he didn't have a big wedding. They got married at City Hall. It was a very, so he was like, I would be going through all of that for the first time. I didn't even propose in a, in a, in a traditional way. Like that's, so I was like, Oh, so wait a minute. So, so all of these little kind of silly things that I had been drawing a line in the sand on once I finally talked to him, it's like, that's not that big of a deal at all. And, you know, even if he had been through all of the traditional things that I had wanted to go through for the first time, well, we'd be going through it. The two of us together for the first time and it was going to be unique no matter what happened so that was a big lesson to me in the importance of not picking like drawing the line of it has to be Mm -hmm. this 
before I can even get to know you. If you get to know somebody and you just don't feel it and they have all the qualities that, cause that can happen too. They can have all the qualities you want and then you just don't feel it. You know, there's just, there's, there's so many, so many different factors. Um, but we, you and I talk about this double standard all the time of, well, you can't be too picky, but also you, you need to be picky. Like it's, it's, it's finding that, that fine line. Yeah. And you got to look at the values that really matter. And then, you know, I would look to the research again, like we talked about earlier. In this case, I'd look at some of the research by the Gottmans and looking at the marriage research. Marriages that go the distance and are happy and successful and easy, which no one wants to say that. But actually, if you meet the right person, even if they've had to, they've been married before and like, well, that mm -hmm. wasn't ideal. But the values, you guys obviously shared common core values for how you want to do life. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff we don't compromise on. But yeah, like, I mean, same with you. Like my husband was married before. I have three step kids. Like these were all things that when you're eight years old and you're imagining your dream wedding, you're not like, oh, <laughs> not the way it goes. Bride number two. Yes. <laughs> but it went back to flexible thinking. You had to get flexible and go, does this really matter? Let me challenge my own very rigid notion of how it has to be. Yeah. But we don't compromise on anything that is a value at all. Yeah. We compromise on things like, like location. Like I lived in the city and I was renting and my husband lived in Northwest Indiana. Well, I always thought I'm a city girl. I live in Chicago. Like I'm not living like in some small rural area. And then true love, you're like, well, I guess I am. You know, like, <laughs> you're like that, yep. that's worth the compromise to go yep. and live with the love of my life. He owned and I rented. I mean, you start looking at the practicality of things, but I didn't compromise on a man of integrity. I didn't compromise on a man who's honest. I didn't compromise on a man who loves me and cherishes me and treats me with high regard and high respect. I didn't compromise on any of that. Yeah, I moved an hour away from where I was used to living. Okay. Right. I mean, those are the kind of things where we, we are willing to make those compromises and that, yeah. and, and we do not, and we remain very picky when it comes to the big picture, the values and the core fundamental ways of doing life together and who we are. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend about, about this few days ago about how, you know, I, I was so independent for so long. You did not have a choice. I met my husband at 35 and a half. I got married at 38. I'd never been in a relationship. I had to be financially stable and independent. And I was just like, I could do anything that I needed to do. And if I couldn't do it, I would go find somebody who could do it for me. Like I'm not going to change the oil in my car. So guess what? There are tons of people who will do that for you. So go use them. Um, but I always worried when I was single that when I found someone that I would really be challenged because my independence would be taken away. And that fear of like, I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever be able to be in a relationship because I, I have done so much by myself. And this friend of mine was, was saying the same thing. She is still single. And she's like, I'm not sure that I, that this is going to work because I need, I need to be independent. And it's just, been very interesting in my my marriage to realize like yeah we need each other we are we are especially nowadays we are together all the time we actually enjoy it i love spending all this time with my husband it is it is wonderful um but i still feel very independent i still feel like i completely have my own opinions um i call him on stuff he calls me on stuff we i don't just think okay oh that's what my husband wants okay cool that's that's great um, I want to be around him all the time. But that doesn't mean that he has really made me any less 
mentally and emotionally independent. Physically, I live with him, so it's not quite the same, but it, it that doesn't have to change mm-hmm. who you are and, and when it is the right relationship. Um, they embrace that independence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and women hear that. It's another one of the things, the single shaming messages, they'll be like, well, you're just so independent. I'm mm-hmm. sure you eight men. And men need to feel needed. I've heard that. A mil- and I was like, oh. okay, if a guy needs to feel needed, I'm not his girl. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, go find yourself a needy, clingy girl. That's great. And, yeah. and have this needy, clingy relationship. I don't want to be needed by my husband. I want to be wanted. Wanted. If he needed me, then yep. it's really not me. He needs to fill his void with some woman. And any woman will do. Yes. But if he wants Karen, yes. then only Karen will do. And that is a much more secure place to be in it a relationship. Is. Oh God, I totally agree. And when you and when you feel that way, it makes it less, you know, people people worry about being unfaithful or having a partner who's going to be unfaithful and all of that. And, and, and at that's the same thing when you are in a relationship and for me, and I think for you as well, not, not for everyone, but for a, for a lot of people, the longer you go in life by yourself, the longer that you have to form who you want, who you are and what you need, um, the more likely you are to find yourself in a situation where that person wants you, not just a partner, and you want them, not just a partner. And then it's a lot easier to sit back and think, like, I've never in my in my relationship worried about infidelity from either one of us because it's I know I know that we are we want each other um and that did by no means makes us perfect and that by no means is like well this is the roadmap to to a perfect relationship because i am i'm not a relationship expert i don't pretend to be a relationship expert you are much better on the relationship advice karen than i am for sure um because i i talk much more about yourself and how you giving yourself the power to be you and know what you want, which in turn, I think helps quite a bit in, in how your relationship goes and grows. Yeah. You know, I don't even like the term relationship expert. I don't even, I call myself, I'm a psychologist. That's why yeah. I am. And I yeah. happen to have entered this realm because of the book I wrote. Right. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I'm supporting. And because I wrote a book to support single women, then I ended up doing a podcast, which focuses a lot on dating relationships because that's yeah. what most of my community wants to talk about. And I want to share with them, not only the experiences that I had that I learned, like we've been talking about throughout this entire hour, mm-hmm. the experiences that helped me remain a happy, hopeful, positive, single woman, mu- single much longer than I anticipated, but also looking at the research, which I think I get a yeah. kick out of that, to look at all this like research that professors and experts are doing and then be able to look at that because let's love smarter, not harder, right? Let's, yeah. let's use the science so that we can make stronger connections that are going to go the distance and they'll be more fulfilling and more successful and more satisfying. Yeah. There was a, yeah. a comment that came in. Goodness, I hear all these messages all the time. Like, where would the guy fit in if I'm so independent? I think that is one of the biggest disparaging lies that single women hear. And, and Laura and I are here to tell you the exact opposite. I believe the more independent you are, that's where a guy does fit in because again as we've just been saying for the last 10 minutes it's because you will then want him and he will want you and you will not have this dysfunction of needy clinginess yes so i so anyone who tells you that please check out laura's podcast is coming out soon i saw something on your yes it is it is a few weeks (laughs) my podcast is Mm -hmm. out there and i do a ton of content for singles my book single is a new black don't wear white till it's right i dismantle all of those single shaming comments that i heard over the years 
She goes on to say, this conversation is really helpful because I am nearly 38 and I've never had a serious relationship. I totally know what I want and a life partner. And this is exactly, <laughs> if, if she and I had connected apart from this conversation, I'd be sending her your way, Laura, because <laughs> I do think it's important for us. And again, I'm just so thankful that you are saying what you're saying, because I think people need to understand that despite these societal expectations that we're supposed to hit these benchmarks and these milestones at these certain ages, that's just not how life actually works. And your platform just frees women up to enjoy the life and, and to really resonate and honor the life that they're actually living. The love and life hack for this week is your life actually means exactly what you decide it means. I can't control everything that happens or doesn't happen in my life, but I can control the meaning I ascribe to my life. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. If you need some more support, be sure you're signed up to my newsletter list so you can get those words of encouragement throughout the month. Also, my support group, the next one starts tonight. We have one spot left. So if anyone's interested, DM me today so that you can get in the group because once the group starts, they're closed. We want to keep them intimate. We want to keep them confidential. So once we start, they're closed. But I will be rolling out more support groups, so if that interests you, be sure to let me know. We're also interested in trying to get a group that would meet during the day because I have some folks overseas who would like to be a part, and evening in the U.S. is like 2 in the morning for them. So yeah, there are going to be more groups and different times of day trying to provide more options because I know how rough it is out there, and I really don't want you guys to feel so alone. Thanks again for joining me today. Be on the lookout for part two of my conversation with Laura. Like I said earlier, it'll roll out later this week. Thank you once again for being part of the Love and Life family. Until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril.